0: Welcome to another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld. Robert here. Welcome to this fifth and final segment in the Ultimate Key to Happiness series based on my book by the same name. In this segment, we'll go much more deeply into what I've been chatting with you about in the previous segments, and then at the end, I'll actually give you an invitation to go ahead and get the book, The Ultimate Key to Happiness, if that's something that you feel moved to do to get the rest of the story and everything you need to actually experience what you've heard about so far and will discover more about in this segment. Enjoy! You experience emotions every day, all day. As you perceive it now, you enjoy some and you struggle with others every day, all day. Emotion is a huge part of the human experience. As I explained, happiness is the hidden motivation behind virtually everything you do. Feelings are the hidden motivation behind everything you do to play, explore, and express yourself creatively as well. But what are feelings? What is happiness? Truth be told, it has always been a big mystery. By the way, from this moment on, even though emotions and feelings are synonyms for the same thing, I'll just be using the word emotion for the singular and emotions for the plural. Given how prominent emotion is in our lives and how vital happiness is to us, It amazes me that most people, including me, for the first 46 years of my life, never take the time to ask about or examine what emotions really are in general and what happiness is in specific. It's like emotions are so obvious, so in our faces, that it seems there's no reason or need to examine what they actually are. But there is a reason. There is a need. If you want to be truly happy, with capital T and capital H, as usual. (laughs) So let's take a look now. We'll first look at emotion in general, then move on to happiness in specific. Key point. The emphasis here is always on what you actually observe in your own personal direct experience, not ideas, concepts, or theories. If you close your eyes and look at what I've called inner space, what do you see? If you're able to see what's really there, what you see is a vast space with no beginning and no end, no boundaries. There's the hint of an up-down, front-back, right-left in inner space, but if you look closely, the space is so infinite in scope that those terms don't have much meaning. Inner space is always there and never changes. It doesn't move. It's just there. Still and quiet, you could say. In this way, inner space could be compared to a movie screen. People, places, things, images, and colors appear and move on movie screens, but the screen itself never changes, never moves. The screen is not the person, place, thing, color, or image that appears on it. Just like people, places, things, images, and colors appear and move on movie screens, you can observe three appearances and movements in inner space. Thoughts, emotions, and bodily sensations. For our purposes here, you must ask yourself, what is it that appears in inner space that I call emotions? Truth is, it's impossible to define what emotions are precisely, but if you look closely, you'll notice that emotions are something that appears in inner space apparently out of nowhere and seems to flow or move or vibrate, just to use three ways of describing it. For purposes of discussion, let's name that something that appears to flow or move or vibrate energy. We'll just call it energy. So, for our purposes here and for simplicity, let's define emotions as the movement of energy in inner space. There are times when the movement of energy appears slow. There are times when the movement of energy appears faster. There are times when the movement of energy appears to be very fast. There are times when the movement of energy is so fast and strong, it feels like an emotional hurricane or tornado is swirling in inner space. The speed of movement isn't all we see if we look closely at emotion, however. There's something else there. Within the movement itself, whether it's slow, fast, very fast, or storm-like, there's an infinite variety of expressions or signatures that are unique and distinct. If I were to ask you if anger feels different from happiness, or if sadness feels different from excitement, or if depression feels different from embarrassment, or if love feels different from hate, you'd say, yes, they feel different. For our purposes here, and for simplicity, let's define the unique and distinct variety of emotional signatures as vibrating at certain frequencies. So far, our examination has revealed that what we call emotion is a combination of movement, speed, and frequency, all appearing in the vastness of inner space. In this way, you could compare the movement of energy in inner space to a radio station and the speed and frequency of the movement to music. You tune your radio dial to a certain frequency and you hear rock music. You tune the dial to another frequency and you hear pop, classical, jazz, or new age music. Each type of music has its own unique signature that's easily recognizable the energy in inner space begins to move and the speed and frequency changes in response to what happens to us someone says something critical about you the energy moves in a specific way and gets tuned to a specific frequency someone compliments you the energy moves in a different way and gets tuned to a different frequency someone's car smashes into yours in a parking lot, the energy moves in another way and gets tuned to a different frequency. You get an unexpected big bonus check at work, the energy moves in a different way and gets tuned to a different frequency. Your partner leaves or cheats on you, the energy moves in a different way and gets tuned to a different frequency. You get the idea. To summarize what you've discovered so far, here's what happens in your actual experience, every day, all day. Something happens in the world, again what I've called story space. The energy in inner space begins to move in specific ways in response to what happened. As the energy moves, it gets tuned to a specific frequency. Steps number two and three repeat as new things happen to you. And finally, you experience differing emotions as a result. Even though the movements and frequencies of energy in inner space have an infinite variety of expressions, we don't have an infinite number of words to describe them. But we do have a lot of words to describe them. A friend of mine, Dr. John D. Martini, Once told me he went through the dictionary to research the number of words in the English language used to describe emotions. He said he found nearly 4,000 words. Here's a question for you. When you observe energy moving in a specific way and at the specific frequencies you call anger, fear, frustration, sadness, depression, excitement, happiness, or peace, How do you know that's what it is? How do you know you're feeling anger, fear, frustration, sadness, depression, excitement, happiness, or peace? How do you know? There was a time in your life, during childhood, when you were aware of the movements and frequencies of energy in inner space, but you didn't have words for them. You had no idea what anger, fear, frustration, sadness, depression, excitement, happiness, or peace were. It was all just movements of energy to you at that time, although you wouldn't have used those words, of course. Hmm. Like everything else in life, you had to learn to link specific movements and frequencies of energy to specific names. You'd say that negative emotions, so-called, like anger, fear, frustration, sadness, and depression, feel bad or uncomfortable, or unpleasant, whatever word you want to use. But here's the thing. How do you know that they feel bad, or negative, or unpleasant? There was a time in your life, during childhood, when you were aware of the movements and frequencies of energy in inner space, but you had no reference points of good, or bad, or comfortable, or uncomfortable, or pleasant, or unpleasant for them. They were just, let's call it neutral, ...movements and frequencies of energy to you, for lack of a better term. Hmm. Like everything else in life, you had to learn to judge certain frequencies... ...as good and bad, pleasant and painful, feel good and feel bad. There are people who would disagree with me on this. There are people who would insist that babies somehow know... ...that certain feelings and sensations are painful and that's why they cry. From my perspective, there's no way to know what the inner experience of a baby actually is, and I stand by what I just shared, speaking from actual experience, not speculation. Based on what you now know, when you say, I'm frustrated, what are you really saying? When you say, I'm depressed, what are you really saying? When you say, I'm sad, what are you really saying when you say I'm bored what are you really saying when you say I'm afraid what are you really saying when you say I'm stressed out what are you really saying when you say I'm excited what are you really saying when you say I'm at peace what are you really saying when you say I'm happy what are you really saying All you're really saying, truth be told, is I'm aware of emotional energy moving in inner space in a specific way and vibrating at a specific frequency that I'm calling then fill in the blank with the name of an emotion. Key point. What most people call happiness is just one of the frequencies the movement of energy in inner space can be tuned to. Based on what I just shared, I must now ask you this. When you say, I want to be happy, what do you really want? Are you saying you only want to experience one frequency of emotion, one movement, all day, every day? In certain spiritual or metaphysical circles, the answer to that question would be yes, And the name for the one frequency would be bliss or ecstasy or nirvana or whatever it is. But I'm here to tell you the answer is no. An emphatic no. That's why I explained about how important emotions, a wide variety of emotions, are to your enjoyment of novels, movies, and sporting events, play exploration, and creative expression. Key point. Feeling only one frequency of emotion in life, one movement, would be boring and would cheat you out of much of the richness of what I call the human story. Experiencing a flat line of bliss, ecstasy, or nirvana, or whatever, is a nice story. It's a nice fantasy, especially when we feel so unhappy so much of the time. But it's not the truth as I've experienced it and as many others have experienced it worldwide who've embraced what I'm sharing here. Okay, Robert, you might say, I hear you. I get your point. I wouldn't want to limit my experience to just one frequency, but I would like to limit it to only the positive frequencies. I know how logical that seems. I know how right it seems. But I must say to you, that's not what you really want. You don't want to limit your emotional experience at all. Key point. True happiness is not, 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 not about experiencing a limited number of emotions. It's about experiencing the full range of emotional movements and frequencies in all their glory. True happiness is about experiencing the full range of emotional movements and frequencies, without names or judgments of positive, negative, good, bad, pleasurable, painful, feel good, feel bad. This is the absolute key to true happiness. I'm going to say it again. True happiness is about experiencing the full range of emotional movements and frequencies without names or judgments of positive, negative, good, bad, pleasurable, painful, feel good, feel bad. Does that sound logical or interesting but impossible, or pie in the sky to you? If so, consider this. You've already experienced true happiness defined that way many times without realizing it. I'll give you three examples, although you'll find many more in your memory banks. Example 1, Riding a Roller Coaster When you ride a roller coaster or any high-speed ride at an amusement park, if you enjoy that sort of experience, you experience many emotions. They whiz by very quickly. But in that context, a ride that's meant to be fun, you don't stop the flow of emotions to name what's appearing. You don't constantly narrate to yourself, this is fear, this is adrenaline rush, this is excitement, whatever. Similarly, with some exceptions, you don't stop to judge the emotions either. You don't name them, you don't judge them. You don't say, this feels good, this feels bad. You just feel as you ride the roller coaster. And you love just feeling. The emotions just whiz by quickly without names, descriptions, or judgments. All the emotions just blend together into one experience you perceive as pleasurable. We'll just call it that. In general, there can always be exceptions. That is true happiness. Would you rather feel only one emotion or a limited range of emotions while riding the roller coaster? Nope, no way. You'd stop going to amusement parks if the rides were flat experiences like that. Example two, reading a great novel. When you read a great novel and you're really into the story, you experience many emotions. Like riding the roller coaster, those emotions whiz by as you turn the pages. You're aware of them all, but you don't label them, describe them, or judge them. You just feel. And you love just feeling. In general, There can always be exceptions when you're reading a novel. That is true happiness. Would you rather feel only one emotion or a limited range of emotions while reading novels? Nope, no way. You'd stop reading novels if it was a flat experience like that. Example 3, watching a great movie. When you watch a great movie, you experience many emotions as the story unfolds. Like riding the roller coaster and reading the great novel, those emotions simply whiz by as the minutes pass. You're aware of them all, but you don't label them, you don't describe them, you don't judge them. You just feel. And you love just feeling as you're watching the movie. In general, there can always be exceptions. That is true happiness. Would you rather feel only one emotion or a limited range of emotions while watching movies? Nope. No way. (laughs) You'd stop going to movies if they were flat. Experiences like that. Imagine for a moment that you're riding a roller coaster and enjoying it, or you're reading a great novel and you're really into it, or you're watching a great movie and you're really caught up in the action. If you were doing that and you were able to freeze the flow of emotions, sort them, label and judge them as positive and negative, you would judge many of them as negative. You really would if you did that. However, as we've already established, in your actual experience, those negatives are actually merged with and perceived as positives. Hmm. And let me ask you this. While you're riding a roller coaster and enjoying it, reading a great novel you're really into, or watching a great movie you're really caught up in, can you see any reason why what you're feeling is toxic, or bad, or harmful, or damaging? Nope. Can you see any reason why what you're feeling in that context would limit your personal or spiritual development? Nope. Hmm... I discuss all of this in greater detail in the book, but for now, it's important to have this form of clarity and foundation to build from. So I guess the zillion dollar question is, how do I dissolve the illusion of positive and negative emotion? Experience my life like I experience movies, novels, sports, play, and creative expression. How do I do it? And how do I experience true happiness, therefore, all the time, no matter what's going on? In the book, The Ultimate Key to Happiness, I answer those zillion-dollar questions. I give you everything that you need, step-by-step, to be able to experience true happiness in the way that I've defined and illustrated it for you, all the time, no matter what's going on around you, for the reasons that you now know from what I've shared with you. I'll show you and illustrate for you exactly how the mind game, the mental magic trick was created that took the flow of emotions that's all really just true happiness, broke it into positive and negative, broke it into all these names and judgments and stories and descriptions and convinced us that we actually were feeling lousy so much of the time when we were actually feeling true happiness and just didn't know it. I'll explain exactly how that works and then I'll guide you again step by step in how to change all of that fully, completely and permanently so that you have the experience of true happiness all the time no matter what's going on around you. I know I'm repeating myself but that's important and so I wanted to make it clear the book gives you everything that you need to go beyond what I've shared with you here into actually having that experience. With a capital E. The book is, is available in a variety of different ways and in a variety of different formats. So let's take a look at that now. The Ultimate Key to Happiness is available as a hardcover and as an Amazon Kindle ebook when it's launching. Other ebook formats and an audiobook will be coming soon after the initial launch. If, based on what you've discovered in this series, you feel moved to get a copy of the book, there are several ways that you can do that. The easiest way is probably to go to the official website for the book, which is happinessbook.com, spelled as it sounds, where you'll find a link to Amazon. You'll also find a Where to Buy link up at the top of the website page. If you happen to be uh, from another country where there is not easy access to Amazon, And uh, so that's the easiest way, happinessbook.com. The other option would be just to go to my main website, robertscheinfeld.com, go to the store, um, and then choose whether you are someone new to the teachings or familiar with the teachings, and then click on the book image, and you'll be taken to a page that will have links and some other information about the book. But again, just going to happinessbook.com would be the easiest way for you to get a copy of the book if you want. I'm so excited about this book and the impact that it can have, how it has the potential to touch lives in deep and profound ways for people all over the world. And that's why I took the time to share this five-segment series and also why you're hearing a commercial, if you will, for the book right now. I just I feel that this is one of the most important books, if not the most important book that I've written so far. What is in here touched my life in deep and profound ways. I can't even put into words how much what's in this book has changed, let's call it, the quality of my life, and I'd love to be able to help you to experience the same thing. If you have any questions, um, as always, simply contact the office, and there's a variety of ways to do that, either on the happinessbook.com website or on the main website, robertscheinfeld.com. Thanks for listening and your participation in this Ultimate Key to Happiness audio series. And I'll look forward to our next form of contact through the next episode, whenever that is and whatever the content is. Thanks again, and bye-bye for now. That completes another episode of the Illusions and Truths show with Robert Scheinfeld. Until we next connect, we wish you an ever-expanding experience of joy, abundance, wisdom, and power.